and welcome to Clashy, a podcast where we discuss the classy and the trashy in pop culture and our equal love of both. Today we will be discussing some musical mockumentaries, Hard Day's Night, and Spice World. (laughs) Pregnant pause. Hello, my name is Andrea, and a classy fact about me is that I made hot dog buns from scratch for opening weekend. <laughs> what? For me and Jerry. baseball season weekend, that. I assume. Right? Like, yeah, so, yeah, for baseball and from scratch, but my trashy fact is I just made a classy fact about hot dogs. <laughs> yes. You know what? I love it. I love it. it. Like Spice World, it's very meta. Thank you. Were they tasty? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I highly recommend I doing it. I thought of making hot dog or hamburger ones from scratch has legit never occurred to me. Me neither. We did it, and, like, it's totally worth it to do the buns, but Jared and I watch a lot of, like, food YouTube and we like cooking together, but, like, oh. there's tons of them that are like, make your own hot dogs, and I was like, I will tell you right now, I will never no. <laughs> make my own hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, the, the, you gotta have the mystery, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I buy... What are you gonna be like, get your own meat grinder? <laughs> I, I buy... Well, that, that was a funny thing. We are watching this one where this guy's doing YouTube, and he's like, and if... And, you know, like, because you have to buy the shells, you have to buy, like, a special powder that goes in it. And he's like, if you don't want to pay for a bunch of them, go to your local butcher. And I'm like, or just ask them for one of their homemade hot dogs. <laughs> buy it. <laughs> My uh, dad and his brothers uh make homemade suzita which is like a spicy italian sausage mm-hmm. um and it's delicious but it is a disgusting process to watch so i'm always just like you know what let me know when you're done and i will delight i will enjoy eating it yeah I g- even before i was a vegetarian i find meat grinders very disgusting they oh they're horrifying mm-hmm. so we've all seen sweeney todd yep exactly <laughs> I, that's exactly I, I immediately why do i immediately go to cannibalism i don't know why I think it's because deep down inside we all feel like we should be vegetarian because eating other animals is kind of. Uh, I think it's also because Sarah and I have intrusive thoughts. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it happens be. a lot. <laughs> yeah, there was a reductress headline. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, reductress is a like a, a satirical newspaper, um, and it was like intuition is actually just intrusive thought <laughs> yeah, true. whenever people are like follow your gut follow your intuition i'm like my gut leads me astray constantly oh <laughs> like, I, uh, I could go next uh my name is sarah my classy fact is that my uh company that i work for has this little monthly photo contest and i won it this month oh. so that was fun um yeah um are you gonna so show that us was the exciting picture? what was that are you gonna show us the photo yeah, which one was sure. it? Sure. Um, it was a picture of a hot spring in the snow because the theme was water. And I was like, I'll give you water, baby. <laughs> Steam. Oh, my God. Do you remember water babies? Yes. I don't. I can't. Sure Andrew, the, might be a little the name sounds familiar. I don't know that. They're like baby dolls, but they're like filled with water. Yes. 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 And I they remember. have like hard heads. Yeah. 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 Oh. Are those the ones Sorry, that okay. peed? Sorry. No. No. They just like sloshed. Like, I think the okay. thought was like, they're squishy. Like a baby question mark? <laughs> like, like I don't Harry know, Potter no bones. Like yeah. 
babies feel like they're made out of jello. Well, we've got great news. <laughs> wow. Well, we're already going to talk about all the 90s nostalgia this uh, episode, so why not? Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Yeah, so that was exciting. Um, my trashy fact is a kind of a long walk, as they often are. Um, so <laughs> we're at work. We're having this like big group of people that are gonna like here for a couple weeks, and they're like assessing the building and like collection spaces and blah blah blah. And they're all fine, but they also like take up our lunchroom for like two hours a day. And you know how when you've been in meetings with people all day, you don't want to then spend your lunch break with them talking about more work stuff and you're like, I just want to talk to my friends or stare into the middle distance. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) the other day, a couple of my work friends and I were like, why don't we just go? Like we had leftovers in the fridge. We're like, why don't we just go to the market and then have a picnic in the park? Cause it's a beautiful day outside. Great. The only hot food available was a sad excuse for chicken wings and also mashed potatoes. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. (laughs) Then we get to the park (laughs) and I realized I didn't have any utensils to eat with. So, <laughs> using the genius level of innovation, um, used one of the chicken wings to just scoop the mashed potatoes into my mouth, <laughs> like hey, a spoon. That's like smart. An I would use my fingers. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was well, I thought about it. Yeah, Please. yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, they're uh, the mashed potatoes are really tasty. The chicken wings are pretty gross, but they worked as spoons. Good for you. <laughs> Okay, um, my name is Chandra, and a classy fact about me is that I woke up this morning and I was very productive. I <laughs> ate lunch, which consisted of. <laughs> I woke um, up and ate lunch. <laughs> I woke up and I ate lunch because I was like eleven thirty, um, and it was just mozzarella sticks that I threw in the air fryer. So that wasn't really what was very accomplished. <laughs> But I put on my front license plate. So I grew up in, or, well, I did grow up in a state, but I, my car was in a state that did not need a front license plate. And now I live in a state that needs a front license plate. Those always fascinate me. Whenever I see them, I'm like, wow, what rebellious states? Yeah. So which ones? The ones that don't or the ones that do? The, the ones that don't have them. Oh, yeah. Like, do, you, do people just not commit crimes from the front? Like, what's the plan here? <laughs> my assumption was that it's, states that don't have um toll it's roads usually your... no because indiana no, has so many toll roads. Have toll roads oh, i think it's usually red states any toll roads it has like one it, it did by me um but it, yeah, i think it's usually red it's usually red states that don't require it yeah but missouri is the reddest effing state really they're on a race straight to the bottom and they require and have, it they have wheat. Um, i don't live there anymore uh anyways so I <laughs> kept putting it off because I was like, I don't know. Like, well, I was like, I'll just take it up to the mechanic people and have them do it. And I just never did it because social anxiety was like, you don't need to. No. Yeah. And uh-huh. so finally I got a kit off of Amazon and it came with these pointy screws. And I just like had to like shove my like, like it took a lot of effort to like screw the screws into the metal, but I did it. Yeah. And I'm nice. proud of myself, and I got it up there <laughs> my, by myself. And then I went to the grocery store and took literally, it took me 25 minutes door to door to grab some stuff for lunches this week. And I'm super proud of myself. I'm so proud of you. And then Crushed I was able to reread my notes for this, and now here I am talking to you guys. Yes. And Meanwhile, is- I'm just crying to episodes of Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my trashy fact is, you know, you guys probably will be like, 
that's normal behavior, but when I was <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, when you hear it, you're gonna think it's pretty pathetic. That's our trashy facts for next time, Sarah. <laughs> Our threshold is too high. Um, My trashy fact is while I was home, I, of course, I don't, I think I told you guys, I did a whole food tour of all my favorite places back home in my local area. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so we went to dinner at this um, bar called Brick and Mortar in Delphi, Indiana. You should check it out. It's really good. Um, (laughs) Shout out. Sponsor Uh, our podcast, please. Huh? (laughs) As it sponsor our podca- podcast, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I ever find myself in Indiana again. Yes. yes. Yeah. Brick and mortar in Delphi. Um, and I got one of my sides was like, th- they're called drunken apples. So it was like baked apples with like cinnamon and butter and sugar. And it had. Oh, love it. <laughs> crap. I forget what it had. Brown sugar. No, it is some Whiskey. sort of a alcohol in it i can't remember what it was my guess would be like whiskey or bourbon i was gonna say my knowledge of alcohol being limited let me guess yeah, yeah i can't remember for the life of me i don't Andrew's think it like, was tequila Bud Light. <laughs> no it was, it was a hard liquor it wasn't a beer but anyways they were delicious um and there was a whole bunch of juice at the bottom juice uh, from the you apples drink. i i drink that you drink it. i drink yeah it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. That's not trashy. You paid for that. That's just not wasteful. But I, like, legit, like, pulled, like, it's, like, one of those long ones, and I, like, pulled it up and was, like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> my nice. stepmom's, like, do it, do it. <laughs> I need to write down my, my trashy fact that I shared with you guys the other day about how, like, everything I have that has serving sizes, it's, like, there's, like, 80 servings in here, and I'm, like, there are two servings. <laughs> right. Thank <laughs> oh, God. Um, <sighs> okay. Oh, yeah. So that's my trashy facts. I love it. All right. So today we are talking about <laughs> Hard Day's Night, and I'm going to tell you, I, I pushed for this one a lot when we were doing this episode. Yes. This is also- And I think, can I just say, can I take this time to say you were right after watching both movies? Uh, yeah. They match up so well. I knew I was right. <laughs> yeah, I, just like, I was just like, is it classy? I don't know. Because like, Sarah and I hadn't seen it, and it, it is a musical like comedy, and we're like- well, like Bohemian Rhapsody and like um, Rocket Man came out, and they're like about you know following Rocket someone's Lion. that kind of journey. But when you compare the format of Spice Girls to this one, it really is an excellent match. So I do love that Chandra's first argument was what was the review is like one of the best comedy rock mockumentaries of all time, <laughs> and I was like, how, ma- out how of many? How many are there? Three? <laughs> <laughs> out, of four, out of three. This is Spinal Tap and Hard Day's Night. <laughs> I just, I want to, I want to say though, I do have a full paragraph that says justification for classy, and that uh-huh. is us. pure pettiness on my part. And oh, I, apologize. no, no, I want to okay. hear it. Okay, okay. I want our listeners to hear it. But first, first, I'll give you a brief summary, and we can talk about our experiences, and then I will give the justification. How's that sound? Okay, you go ahead. Petty shop. Okay. So, for a summary, to be completely honest, the plot of this movie is irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, a lot of this movie is just showcasing the album, Hard Day's Night, uh, the boys being themselves, the boys being the uh, band members, John Paul, George, and Ringo, the Beatles, um, and making their, li- their the lives of their manager difficult. Um, Wikipedia calls this movie a musical comedy, 
which comedy film, which um, is different than like a jukebox musical, which is what something else calls it later on, which I think they're completely different things. Um, And this one, this movie follows the band for 36, 36 hours as they prepare, prepare for a television performance. That's what they're I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, that. Uh, interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, my experience with this is that obviously I hadn't seen it before. I think when I was a teenager or a kid or something, maybe I saw Help. Uh, that's the other one, right? Mm-hmm. One of the other ones on maybe it was Yellow Submarine. I don't. It was one. Of, it was one of the Beatles Yellow Submarine movies. is an- animated. Help is not. Okay, then it was Help. Um, or Help, as the punctuation would have us say. Um, <laughs> Or help, as they would say. I need anyway. somebody. Help. Not um, just anybody. <laughs> I, I caught part of that, and I just remember not much about it other than it being super goofy. And I was like, I think that's what I had in mind when I was like, not that goofy movies can't be classy, but like I was like, what are we, what is this? And I thought it was a little <laughs> bit different. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it for the pod. That's my experience. I have pretty much the same experience. I... Um, like a couple Beatles songs. And so, and obviously you'd have to live under a rock to not have heard almost every single one of these songs. Um, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, I've had, I had the familiarity. It, it made me laugh because I was thinking about that, that period of time. I felt like it was probably like 2005 to like 2010 where every just like department store had a t-shirt section with a Beatles t-shirt. And mm-hmm. everyone was buying them. I think my oldest sister had one, and I don't think she really cared about the Beatles. I had two. <laughs> well, nice. that makes sense because you cared about the Beatles. But um, I do, I do see their influence and in how it's like permeated a lot of the music that I do listen to all the time. So I have an appreciation. This is my first time watching this. Watched it while I was working. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. There's also the Beatles poster the picture of them with all the umbrellas that was in like every college dorm room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a class in college that was the Beatles. It was the Beatles. That's the name of the class. Um, nice. And I watched it for that. Um, so I learned, I have a lot of fun facts about the Beatles that will be coming up as we talk about this. Um I really enjoyed this movie. I watch, It was one of my comfort movies when I was down after I burned my feet. I would watch this movie. Um, and yeah, I just, I like it a lot. And after Batman, I was allowed to choose what we were going to do for this next episode. I was like, we have to, she hated both of them. I was like, we have to let her guide the next episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. We don't want Shander to be miserable all the time. Yeah, this is one of the rare occasions where I have the emotional attachment to the movies and I'm yes. not watching for the first time for the pod. So It was a real role reversal where Shandra was like, this movie's great. And I was texting her like, not to be a dick, but I'm so bored. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully I will unborify that you with the facts and some of the, you know, inside jokes that are going on that might not be obvious. Oh, I, I'm excited to hear everything you have to say. I do think that usually it does go the way that Sarah and I are usually in agreement and <laughs> Shander's either with us or against us. But the one exception is don't no even say it. Don't well, speak his name. <laughs> well, the other one we haven't done an episode on, but episode wise was when we were totally like you are. I am still in shock that you don't love Nomeo and Juliet. Like mm-hmm. it's so bad. <laughs> it is the best so movie. I, 
the audacity of you to say that. <laughs> Just saying. Yes. Okay. So here is the petty paragraph on the justification <laughs> for why I chose this movie as a classy movie. Um, it was nominated for two Academy Awards, including Best Original Screenplay and Best Score Adaptation. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, I get score. Screenplay? Score, sure. What? Screenplay? Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't things typically happen in screenplay? Did anything else come out that year? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say it won. Oh, no. It said it was nominated. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Even I, so. I, 1964, I don't know what else would have come out that year specifically, but... I'm just going to Google it for funsies. Keep talking. <laughs> All right. Um, it was considered a commercial and critical success, and it has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a critical rating. That I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, time listed as one of the 100 all-time great films in 2005, I believe. 2005 or 2008. Is often quoted okay. as the Citizen Kane of jukebox musicals, which I don't consider it a jukebox musical. Um, a jukebox musical to me would be Mamma Mia, or if you want to get Beatles related, uh, around across the universe, where like you're using yeah. movie, you're using songs from that artist to tell a story that is different than right, movie. like the 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 songs and their themes are like integrated into the plot. Whereas this right. movie was just like, they stopped and did a performance of songs. Yes, exactly. Heavily, heavily influenced a lot of other types of shows and media, uh, similar shows and media, including the monkeys TV show, which is a gym. That is fun. It spurs a lot of different um, bands doing this and, you know, showing it's a, a different way for bands to make themselves known. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So. I mean, uh, you could see, you could totally see the influence of this movie on Spice World. Is this yeah. the reason we have the TV show Jonas? Possibly. Probably. <laughs> Is that something that we have? <laughs> it exists. What's that other one? I didn't What's watch that? it, but. Um, there's another Nickelodeon show about a boy band. Oh, it's my friend Paige's favorite. And if she's yeah. listening, she's going to kill me. Big time rush. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, I found the other stuff it was nominated with for screenplay, and I've never heard of any of them. Really? So that's probably why. Father Goose, One Potato, Two Potato, The Organizer, and The Man from Rio. Oh, I've heard heard of The Man from Rio, yeah, actually. Uh, Father Goose won. Father Goose. Um, Definitely not Googling Father Goose and what its plot is. Don't mind me. (laughs) Yeah, Mary Poppins came out that year. I thought it had a great screenplay. Oh my god, are you serious? My Fair Lady? What? Okay. Okay, so I do have actually a little bit more information about the screenplay that was nominated. So the screenplay was written by Alan Owen, um, who was chosen because he had shown an aptitude aptitude for Liverpudian dialogue, which is um, the boys are from Liverpool. So they have... Obviously, you can kind of see it in there. You can see it in the screenplay. They have the way they talk and the way they hold conversations is very distinct. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, what the author did or this the writer did. So he spent several days with the group to kind of see like how they would talk to each other and how they interacted with each other and, you that's know, cool. what their lives were like. And then but, uh, wrote a screenplay based off that. 
I do think that's, that's like, especially seeing the other nominees, sorry, like, that is a skill, is to spend time, you know, like, observing, like, their cadence of speech and their communication style and then Mm -hmm. write for them. That is cool. Mm -hmm. That is cool. And I, I, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, um, I, so he, apparently he, after he'd like spent several days with them, he even said, he's like, their lives were like a train and a room and a car and a room and a room and a room. And that's just, <laughs> that was a great line. Yeah. And that's something that, um, Paul's grandfather in the, sh- in the movie says to them. And it kind of like, he, uh, wrote the scripts from the viewpoint that the Beatles had become prisoners of their own fame and their schedule of performances, like we also see in Spice World. And the studio mm-hmm. work had become, you know, so they're so imprisoned in this schedule. Nice. And the next half of the episode, I um, asked everyone their favorite Spice Girls hairdo and hairstyle and outfit. And if I did that for this one, they would all be the same. <laughs> That's very true. Which haircut of the exact same haircut was your favorite? (laughs) Which bowl cut? Yeah. (laughs) Sarah and I were like, who is who? (laughs) I, well, okay. So I, speaking of which, I, so I have recently, I mean, I've, I've been listening to, I think we mentioned this. Okay. So we're going to keep referring to the second half as if it's in the past because it is. We recorded it last night. It feels like that recording was a dream because I don't remember. I know. I know, right? <laughs> Let me start over. Let me start over. Uh, speaking of not being able to tell them apart, um, the pop band BTS, which I've been listening to for several years, you know, casually because of Chandra's adamant recommendations <laughs> and Andrea is a fan of them too. And they're just delightful. And now recently my roommates become obsessed with them. And so we listen to them a lot, like while we're carpooling and stuff. Um, and their music videos are amazing because their dancing is just absolutely incredible. But I feel I feel bad because there's seven of them, and I'm like just still kind of learning to distinguish who's who. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I, I think I've got like five out of seven, and there's two of them that I get mixed up, and you know, I feel I feel like, oh man, I can't tell them apart. But then <laughs> I was watching the Beatles movie, and I was like, I can't tell. I think that's. Wait a second. I can't tell these guys apart either. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's just, like, boy band blindness. Like, I could, like I thought, I, the only one that I could tell for sure was Paul, and then the other three I kept getting mixed up. Like, I was just like, what? And BTS, thought, like, I have a hard time with BTS, too, because they dye and cut their hair different so often, and there's seven. There are yes. a lot of them. Shandra's like, I can't relate to this. But, <laughs> like, can't. for me, I'm like, <laughs> who is that one again? Okay. But, like, they also emphasize I'm like, hold still. Stop dancing so well. I need to talk yeah. your face so, Hold still. But they are also more emphasized as a group. Because, like, another thing I think that South Korea got right over our boy bands was, like, they don't have a Justin. They don't have a Nick Carter who kind of, like, stands at the front. It's like, no, like, every single one of these guys is a front runner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because, like, now the way bands are presented and publicized and stuff, it's it's very, like, visual. Like, it's very, like, here's a bunch of videos of us. Here are these, like, photo shoots. Here's all this stuff. And then, you know, like, in the 50s and 60s, it very much wasn't that. Like, you know, you would see the Beatles in concert or, like, if they were on TV or, like, these movies would be, like, one of the only ways you were, like, exposed to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating to think about. Like, they didn't have, like, Instagram. Um, yeah. So. In 1964, <laughs> they didn't have Instagram. Golly. Yeah, I know. Geez. Do so, they even have Polaroid cameras yet? 
the best way to memorize K-pop uh, band members is to watch their music videos with someone who has put their names on their videos as they sing and just watch that music video over and over again. It's your homework, so Sarah. I did that with BTS for Dope, and I watched it maybe like six times in a row, and like by the next day, I got it. <laughs> she's nice. got to figure it out. She's got a poster and label those, it. Like, when I've like put on YouTube playlists, those have come up, and I've kind of look at, looked at them, and I'm like, okay. I know. I mean, I know Jimin, because Jimin's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Um, I, this is the, another the last thing, but like Jared and I were talking about how award shows seem like a total waste of time lately. And also, <laughs> instead of just celebrating them, we should just redistribute Hollywood's wealth. But um, <laughs> Wow, okay, wow. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I just didn't know that that's where that sentence was That was, was where it was going. <laughs> but it was really funny. So we didn't watch the Grammys, um, but Jared was like, <laughs> it was so funny. He's like looking at his phone and he's like, Oh yeah, and I heard that BTS had the best performance, and I was like, obviously, Jared, they're the only like I'm just like everybody Even else goes poor up there. Has COVID. Exactly like what I was saying before, though. Like everybody else goes up there and they'll like wear an intense outfit and usually sing most mm-hmm. of them. And then BTS had like this whole choreographed number, so I was like, yeah, pull it mm-hmm. up, let's watch it because that's probably the only thing worth watching. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. Well, now X is pretty good too, but yeah, BTS yeah, is yeah. fun to watch. Um, early on. With BTS performances when they were first starting to get really big in American audiences, mm-hmm. it was very frustrating as a fan to watch uh, because cameramen and sound people, sound producers, did not know how to handle. They weren't ready stages. for the movement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they didn't. They didn't know how to do that, and they they didn't know how to handle the fangirls, which they should have, but they didn't. So they were really cutting out fangirls and fan chants, and everyone watching was like, "That's that's you're missing half the experience here." Yeah, man, that's wild. So yeah, I just (laughs) so I became a little um, disillusioned with watching their American performances because they were always disappointing. Uh, Okay. Oh, here we go. Chandra, do they call themselves the Bandal the (laughs) the Bandals the Bengals the Bandals? Do they call their band the Beatles? Because they all have shiny hair like beetles. <laughs> the no, scarabs. I don't believe so. I can't okay. remember why it's because the they've beetles. got a good beat, you know? Oh, is that it? I. It's not because of the bug, know. it's because of beets. Yeah, because it's spelled different. Wait, not beets like the vegetable, just so right. we're clear. Yeah, 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 like okay, great. sick beets. <laughs> um, I actually don't remember why. I can Google it. You can go on with your summary before I set you off again. Um, so <laughs> the movie itself is considered, or like a film critic uh, for the New York Times, Bosley Crowther, noted the film was a subtle satire on Beatlemania and the Beatles themselves. Uh, the Beatles are portrayed as likable young lads who are constantly amazed by at the attention they receive and who want nothing more than a little peace and quiet, which is v- very true. Of them, um, they have to deal with screaming crowds, journalists who ask nonsensical questions, and authority figures who constantly look down upon them. So the movie starts with the song "Hard Day's Night," and it follows John, Paul, George, and Ringo as they are being chased by screaming fangirls to a train station, and it's just they're up to hijinks to try and hide and escape the fans, like going into a phone booth and making a call so the fangirl screen by. Yeah, there's some fun little physical comedy bits in this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. 
figured out why they're called the Beatles. Why? Why? <laughs> so um, the story goes that the band loved Buddy Holly and his group, the Crickets. So they went through several insect names and finally arrived on the Beatles. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Did you know that the Spice Girls were originally named Touch? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> yes, they switched to management and some of the members, and then they changed their name. That's what I learned in my Google session yesterday. Very nice. So the boys finally get on the train, and we meet their manager and their road manager, Norm and Shake, respectively. <laughs> we also meet Paul's grandfather, uh, not the one that he lives with, but his other grandfather, because he's allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we already met your grandfather. Well, I think you're allowed to loud too. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a running joke about how clean the grandfather is. Uh, this is a yes. reference as American millennials we did not get, I'm assuming. Uh, but no. I've been assured that contemporary British audiences would get this reference and would find it funny. Uh, apparently, the actor playing the grandfather was a big comedian of the time and something about one of his characters being clean. Um, so his name is Wilford Bramble. And the recurring joke was that he was very clean and it reflects the contrast to his sitcom role where he is referred to as a dirty old man. The Paul babysitting his grandpa is basically the closest thing we get to a a story. <laughs> he just had to like go off on his little random adventures. Being a horny little old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I like. I believe, if I remember right, he was added to kind of add some acting star power to the movie. Um, uh, though, if you understood, if the entertainment industry understood the power of teenage girls, they wouldn't have needed that. Because teenage girls would have been all over it because of the Beatles and the name, you know? Right, they're like, well, I wasn't gonna go see this Beatles movie, but it's got a random old man in it, so I guess I'll- <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't random. I guess he was famous, but still, exactly. So yeah, um, Paul's grandfather is there to basically cause a lot of the tension and the trouble, and the he moves the plot forward, whatever you know, mm-hmm. plot using generously, but he moves it. You forward. could call him. <laughs> you could call him Old Man McGuffin. <laughs> You could. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because, you know, like a plot McGuffin, come on. Chandra's like, right. anyway. <laughs> She's like, you ha- you two have derailed me eight times. <laughs> I I mean, debatable that there are rails, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or are we ever on a rail to begin with? So Right, right, right. But yeah, I feel like in this first scene on the train, well, the first scene where they're getting chased and the first scene on the train, we're basically introduced to, like, the through line of the whole movie. Like you said, is like, chaotic fandom, chaotic celebrity stress, uh, but, like, in a goofy, com- comedic way. And then, um, like, the boredom of being told, like, this is your schedule, this is what you have to do now, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's basically, like, a, sort of like a rinse and repeat of that in different, like, goofy situations, kind of. Throughout the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then John disappears in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about that later on. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so the boys get up to mischief, like as I was saying, on the train, um, annoying their passengers, uh, trying to flirt with the schoolgirls and being thwarted, thwarted by uh, Paul's grandfather. 
and then Paul's grandfather gets into more trouble by flirting with some lady on the train and they end up somehow end up in the luggage car at the back playing cards and singing I should have known better uh with the school 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 girls watching uh so fun fact uh one of the school girls was uh Patty Boyd who ended up becoming George Harrison's wife did you guys hear about like that so the girl the guy who played Neville Longbottom met his wife at Harry Potter world because she was a fan of Harry Potter and she met him and they immediately hit it up and got married. And I'm like, what a fantasy for that girl. <laughs> Truly. That's I was just going to say like, this is, this is the thing that every screaming girl chasing the Beatles is imagining. It's trying to get like, it's I'm not like, going to happen. Somebody should make a movie about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wild. Absolutely. I mean, Neville grew up hunky. And he, like, yeah, yeah. he also grew to be the hottest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He really did. <laughs> So I actually, I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I know there's something significant about these schoolgirls, and I couldn't remember what it was. And then when I was doing some research on the movie to uh, uh, pad out the uh, summary, <laughs> <laughs> I was, it said that he met his wife, George met his wife here. And I was like, oh, that's right. Because um, one of the interviews I watched with, with Patty, uh, she said that she didn't know what she was filming for. She just got brought on that day. And while she was there, uh, she realized they were doing a Beatles film. And she, so, you imagine? Yeah. And she immediate she didn't immediately agree to date him, apparently, because she was dating someone else at the time. Mm. So Poor guy. Well, that's nice. I'm glad she didn't cheat on her boyfriend. Yep. Yep. That's a fun fact. Yeah. See, I told you guys I have fun facts for you. I mean, honestly, I kind of wish we would have, you would have given us, uh, we could have had like a, uh, not a debriefing, a pre-briefing of fun facts with Chandra before this movie. Cause... <laughs> well, I didn't remember a lot of them before I watched it again. That's fair. That's true. Um, so when the train stops, they are forced to run from screaming fans again. So <laughs> they, <laughs> they're like screaming fans outside the train. And they have to run out of the train, run to these line of cars, uh, run out of the cars, and get into the actual car they need to get into. Yeah, that was <laughs> sneaky. So, and then they finally make it to the hotel. Um, and there's a bit where the manager comes in and gives George, Paul, and John a stack of fan letters. And oh. Uh, they're like, where's Ringo? Ringo didn't get any. And then um, so they're giving him, they're, you know, making fun of him for not getting any. And then the manager walks back in with a whole armful of fan letters and gives them all to Ringo. <laughs> oh, that's um, nice. So I think that's funny. Scene. Is it true that at one point in an interview, um, someone was asking Paul, like, they were like, Oh, some people say that Ringo's the best drummer in the world. And I think it was Paul that was like, maybe John that was like, I don't even think he's the best drummer in this band. <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah. You sounded just like him. <laughs> Thank you. I was just channeling the vultures from the Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> Which are probably we based on... to be played by the Beatles, by yeah. the way. Oh, okay, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that is true. I think they do tease Ringo a lot. Especially, I think... John and Paul also tease George and Ringo a lot, like mm. as the bands in general. Very rude. <laughs> so rude. 
I mean, I, I feel like if you're in a group of friends slash a band, and you know that like you like two of you are like the heartthrobs and most popular ones, you then shouldn't turn around and tease your friends for being like, hey, you know how nobody thinks you're as hot as us, right? <laughs> Well, it's not also just that. hot. I use loosely because none of the Beatles are none of them are hot. <laughs> it's it's not just that. It's also that John and Paul were the main songwriters mm-hmm. too. So there was mm-hmm. kind of that too. And I remember totally. one interview. Um, I think Paul was talking about George was doing some songwriting, and he like played it for John and Paul. And it like completely ended up being like he'd accidentally ripped off someone else's song, and they were like laughing at him. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's so sad. I'd be terrified uh, of as that uh, of that as an artist. Yeah, me too. Because like you, <laughs> you know, it's hard like, oh, to tell. Like you hear head. something and you don't know if you mm-hmm. you heard it somewhere else or. Well, especially in the days where it's not like you had like access to recordings. Right. Like you could have just like heard it on the radio in the background, like at a supermarket or something, and then just you know, right, right. Yeah, I'd be so scared of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um. So. The manager tells them that they need to stay there for the evening and respond to the fan letters, but they're like, that sucks. And then so as soon as the manager leaves, they all sneak out to go dancing, and Paul's grandfather uh, goes out gambling with an invite that was sent to Ringo in his stack of fan letters. <laughs> uh, which And then we cue hilarious 60s dancing. <laughs> oh, This my is word. one of my favorite yeah. sequences. <laughs> It was a choice. <laughs> it was a time, you know? Um, my, 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 my. Personally, Ringo steals the show here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really something. I bet he got a lot more fan letters after that performance. <laughs> he was the one, I don't know if you guys know, he was the one that was, like, um, egging on that other random guy, and they were, like, jumping up and down. Mm. That was Ringo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is where we hear I want to be your man, don't bother me and all my loving, which all my loving I don't think fits with the other songs, the vibes of these songs. But whatever. That's just a personal. Hum a few thing. bars of it. Is that I'll send all my sins, I'll kiss you. I'll miss you every day. Is that one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a weird that's that's not an up in the club song. Right, right. I wanna be your man. Right, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, th- and then they get, of course, caught by the managers and sent back to the hotel where they discover that Paul's grandpa is missing, but he's wearing the steward's suit. <laughs> the steward's just in his underwear in the closet. <laughs> and, like, the Beatles, like, really casually, like, there's a man in the closet in his underwear. And then someone, like, one of the <laughs> other members goes, to, like, oh, there actually is. <laughs> they just kind know? of like just let it happen. <laughs> um, they're like, yeah, they're just so unruffled by everything. Right, right. Um, so they go and they go get the grandpa, and then they leave the manager with the bill. So rude. That poor that manager. Uh, if he's the one getting them their paychecks, and just take it out. So right, right. <laughs> Um, so, and then they have a scene where John is playing in the bathtub. Um, <laughs> Sarah's favorite. Okay. I mean, well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I, up to this point, this exists in a world that we exist in with the same realities, right? That we exist in. And he's like playing in a bubble bath. 
Uh, and then he, like, hides under the water when the manager comes in. So the manager, like, drains the water because he's like, it's time to get up. It's time to go. And then he's, like, not in the bathtub. And then he pops up behind him, like, all dressed. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did we just? Okay. All it's right. like when the aliens show up in Spice World. Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. So while they while he's while John's playing in the bathtub, um, he starts speaking German. And I think this is a fun nod to the fact that John Paul and George, along with the original drummer Pete Best and another band member, um <laughs> spent, uh no like like another random one, I can't remember his name. They no, I mean like poor guy that was originally part of the Beatles. Right. <laughs> uh, they spent time in Ger- Berlin, I believe. I believe it was Berlin. I know it was Germany. Um, performing on the mod rock scene there for several months, if not like a year or two. And then one wow, cool. one of the band members stayed there. And then John Paul, George, and Pete came back to London and went about getting a record deal. And then at the last minute, they... Replace Pete Best with Ringo Starr. Poor Pete. Poor Pete. <laughs> God, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, like, damn. I feel like that's like, I've heard of him a few times tangentially, like, through other things, and everybody always asks him, like, does it suck? <laughs> I'd be like, please stop bringing please it up. Talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I just, I can't, I can't imagine. Pete Best did an interview with David Letterman in, like, the early 90s, and you can tell he's bitter. Yeah, I'm, well, yeah, I can see why the ultimate FOMO. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then they are taken to a press conference uh, where they are asked inane questions from the reporters, which is an imitation of life because the British press has always been especially judgy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Meghan Markle. They're also racist. So as racist. is ours. But um, <laughs> but it gives us gems like how did you find America? And John saying he turned left at Greenland. so and i thought i'd take this time to explain timeline wise what's going on so how did you find america is referring to the fact that in february of 64 the beatles uh famously performed on the ed sullivan show for the first time uh and hard day's night started filming in march of 1964 Oh, okay. So that that sets it up. So they were, you know, building fame in England, and then they started building, like, you know, getting a following in America. But it wasn't until February '64 that they really, you know, they had they performed on Ned Sullivan, and that solidified their fame over in the states. Gotcha. Um, so, and then their fame would keep building, and then in, they would perform in August of '65. They would perform at Shea Stadium, which was the first time a large concert venue was held in an open air outside stadium. What? Yes. Cool. That's wild. Yep. And then in 1966, they stopped touring because um, fans were just always surrounding them and screaming. And they like literally, I think one of the main reasons they stopped performing was because they can't, they couldn't hear themselves play at concerts because the screaming was so loud. Wow. And they were just, man. so they couldn't keep on beat. They couldn't hear themselves play. So they stopped and just became a studio um, band. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah. And like, <laughs> That's crazy. And like now they ha- we have the technology to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't then. It's kind of cool. Um, okay, so they're still at the press conference. And there's this bit where they just want to eat something. 
And the story of my life. The trays just keep going and passing them by and they can't eat or drink anything. Or if they finally get a hold of something, the reporter will take it out of their hands and be like, oh, you don't need that right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so, If anyone ever, I would slap them. I know, right? I would be like, <laughs> how dare. Um, and they also show how the cover of Hard Day's Night is four strips of like photo booth type pictures. And so we get to see one of those done for George, I believe. It's like him just like getting a whole like strip of pictures taken, and then that ends up on the album cover. I must have blacked out at this point. Apparently, <laughs> it all comes to like it blurs. Uh, <laughs> I I found myself because I was multitasking again. Lis- listeners, we had to watch a lot of episodes due to my pregnancy. Watch a lot of movies for these episodes due to my pregnancy, and so like I'm kind of trying to multitask, and it, I was mostly engaged with the music. Yeah, that's fair. So. That's why I'm here. Um, So they finally uh, escape the uh, interviews uh, and they make it to the stage where they're supposed to be performing later and they get to see the setup of the stage. And Ringo gets all bent out of shape because one of the stage hands starts messing with his drums and they make fun (laughs) of him for it. Poor Ringo. After they get that, they're herded backstage and they're supposed to be resting in their like green room or whatever, but they end up escaping the studio and over can't buy me love they are playing on the field just being you know goofy guys to escape but um i will say the aerial camera work here made me extremely dizzy Mm. (laughs) um that's fair so and it looks like they're just playing like schoolboy, like schoolyard type games and stuff just goofing off which i liked in this segment I do have a little note from Wikipedia Uh, in this segment particular using the contemporary technique of cutting the images to the beat of the music, which has been cited as a precursor to modern music videos. Hmm. So it's interesting to think of that being like a concept, like a new concept. Right. Right. It definitely doesn't feel that way. Had to start sometime. Yep. Um, so let's see. They make it back to the studio and there's this bit where George is mistaken as some random model guy um, needed to help. (laughs) (laughs) What was that, Interesting. (laughs) Um, What did models look like in the 60s? (laughs) Anyway. Like George. (laughs) Basically, he's there to, they think he's there to interview to, um, kind of helps be like a teenage trendsetter for all these things, but it's kind of like paid off, played off as a, I don't know, like the, the people there don't actually know what trends should be. And mm-hmm. George is just trying to shut him, set them straight. And it's just mm-hmm. a funny scene. And he ends up insulting the, who's supposed to be the main trendsetter and he gets sent out. And then we also have a scene where, John is mistaken as someone else, but like it's played I, weirdly. I don't, it's hard to explain. Like very coyly p- played, where like the lady's like, "You look like you just look like," and he's like, "Yes, I look like him." And she's like, "But you're not." And like, so yeah, that part confused me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really confusing. Um, I think there's some yeah, humor I, there we're missing. I thought that maybe. Well, at first I thought she was doing the Tony Hawk thing where she was like, Oh my gosh, you look like, uh, 
what's his face? John Lennon. And he's like, yeah, I get that a lot or whatever. Um, I think it is actually yeah, supposed to be a Tony Hawk thing. It was weird, though. Yeah. Like, it was played oddly. Yes, I agree. So after this, they all get together for their rehearsal song, and they sing, And I Love Her. Uh, there's a quick makeup interlude, and then they go back out there, and they kind of interrupt the another um, performer's rehearsal and seeing, I'm just having to answer you. They're rude. Come out and say it. These boys are rude. It is very interesting that that's part of their like appeal. Because like, yeah. like I, I don't know who else would be like. You know, what would be funny is if we show us like making our manager pay for this. And I'm just like, that doesn't make me like you. <laughs> I think it was very like anti-establishment. Yes. Um, because it, because the manager, well, the manager's kind of funny, but like. You know, the boring, annoying guy that they talk to on the train also sucks. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, I think it's like kind of like very of the time, like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like anti-establishment. And I think that that was like, you know, not like full like punk rock. I think it was much more, haha, these old people suck kind of thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. Which is funny, too, because the Beatles are. Do you know how old they are in this movie? Young, less than like 30, 20? mid-20s, okay. maybe. Because since they're like a, you know, an old band, right? You know, like they were an old band when we were born, basically. Um, they weren't even a band when we were born. Yeah, they were, yeah, a, a band from the past. Early 20s. Sorry, like Early tw- 20s? Tw- 23 and 21. Paul McCartney Stop was 21. It. Ringo and John were 23. And George Harrison had just turned 21. Oh my god! I would have guessed early thirty. Like I, I, I would have guessed they, like thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, they look so like they look so old. So like I think they're like younger and goofier, and then like to us they look like they should be older. So it's like we, like seeing a twenty-year-old act like that. I'm like that makes sense. It's interesting like, because like I actually was reading about this with fashion. Is like what's in style is often older than what you are presenting. Uh, okay, yeah. Right, so, like, in the 80s, like, everybody looked 45 in high school. Yeah, all those shoulder pads. <laughs> it's like when we were watching Hocus Pocus, and the, like, cool girl was like, I'm like, is she 30? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of how the fashion pushes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, because, like, I look at them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they look like they're, like, approaching 40, but they're, like, basically still kids, and they're just goofing around, and I'm like, well, that yeah. makes that makes more mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that's why I knew they were young kids, basically. So twenty. Okay, so uh, Paul's grandpa, <laughs> always there to um, cause mischief, convinces Ringo that the other three don't take him seriously and that he doesn't have to put up with that. So he ends up taking a walk. Um, fun fact about this next scene is it was later added to the script after they saw how Ringo. Um, performs in like uh in front of the camera so like he kind of hams it up i think more than the others did so he ends up he ended up getting more screen time because of that cool this scene was added later on and it's just kind of ringo taking a camera out and kind of walking around by himself meeting up with some young boys like who had also skipped school and just kind of doing his own thing for a while Mm-hmm. Except then he ends up getting arrested <laughs> for general oh, yeah. what nonsense. He like gets caught up in something. Yeah. Well, he's just kind of causing 
I don't know, mischief. And like, like mm-hmm. he like takes off his coat and is like helping this lady cross this muddy water. And then like the lady, like he like covers up a hole and the lady ended up falling in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. And so he just gets arrested. And I think it's kind of a nod to the fact that the police were kind of, you know, they were, they are not, they were anti-establishment. So they were not following the rules perfectly. Yeah. Um, and so he gets arrested and sent to the um, police station. And at the same time, Paul's grandfather, who had been trying to get um, – who had gotten the signatures of the boys, was trying to sell autographs <laughs> yeah. at the front gate. Counterfeit autographs. Yeah. And so he got arrested too. And then um, there's a funny scene where the grandpa is trying to plan an escape and he tells Ringo that all coppers are villains. <laughs> and, well. and my note says, A cab for the 1960s. <laughs> right. So the grandpa escapes and goes back to the TV station to tell the band and the managers and the producer of the TV show, who's stressing out because one of his main acts isn't there for the performance, which starts in like half an hour. <laughs> um, he tells them that Ringo's at the police station and the rest of the band members go to go pick him up. Um, and they end up in this weird chase scene set to Can't Buy Me Love with against cops. And I don't understand this because you see them, you see John, Paul and George run out um chased by cops and then Ringo's in the background and then the next scene Ringo's up front with them being chased by cops <laughs> and then they run back into the police station and then they take a yeah. breath and then they run back out again and John Paul and George are running in the front and Ringo's at the back again <laughs> and then the next like scene the Ringo's Hill back mountains. up front <laughs> <laughs> it should be that yeah <laughs> it's just it's it's madness but they finally end up back at the stage and they make it for the performance and during the performance they show tell me why if i fell um i should have known better and she loves you and i have a couple notes so first of all the a lot of these songs first of all four songs for this performance is pretty excessive i think what what do you think about the fact that there's songs that we've already heard in full earlier in the movie? Because I was kind of like, this seems a little bit like a wasted opportunity. So I did read Can't Buy Me Love was actually supposed to be another song, but it didn't fit with the thing. So that okay. one was there. Um, I was okay with If I Fell because I really like that song. <laughs> and I think that might have been the whole discography of that, that um, thing. That album? Yeah. I, 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 was I was going to look it up and I forgot. Or an EP? Huh? Was it just like an EP? Um, because, yeah, I was like, okay, well, like, if you're going to do, like, a basically a full concert, which, again, I get why that would be exciting in a time pre-music video, pre, you know, easily traveling to see bands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I get why you'd be like, oh, my God, I can watch a movie and basically watch, like, a concert mm-hmm. of this band that I really like. But I was like, well, if you're going to do that, then don't, then play, like, four other songs. Yeah. <laughs> like, play... You know, don't play the songs that we've already seen you perform in full. And it's like when they perform the songs in the movie, 
like Shannon was saying, it's not a jukebox musical, so it doesn't like further the story along at all mm-hmm. or have anything to do really with what's going on. They just kind of like stop and play a song like on a train and then at a bar or you know whatever, mm-hmm. and then it's like, and then we're gonna do it all again. <laughs> and I was like, at this point, kind of like, oh, they do play their full set list. I mean, that's kind of cool, but mm-hmm. then like, don't do it throughout. The, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so just, I just scene, thought it was an interesting choice. You, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there's a scene where they weirdly do a close-up of one of them singing of their, just their mouth, the bottom half of their face. That's I think great. I do remember the teeth. Yeah. And what's really <laughs> sad is I knew exactly whose mouth that was. Uh, wow. Meanwhile, I'm like, which one Meanwhile, we're like, again? who's who? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, whose teeth was it? It was John's. Were they? Of course. Um, okay, also during She Loves You, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we cut yeah. to Shake, one of the one of the managers, has handcuffed himself to Grandpa to keep him out of trouble, because he keeps causing mischief. Uh. Um, and then we, we, like, pan to some screaming fans, and we pan back to Shake, and Grandpa has disappeared, and the handcuffs just hanging off of Shake's hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Truly then, bonkers. and then the Grandpa just comes up middle stage. <laughs> <laughs> While they're performing. <laughs> Amazing. And the boys just kind of like throw them off. Um, <laughs> and then we get a reprise of Hard Day's Night as they are leaving on a helicopter for their next performance. The end. <laughs> Ta-da! So, what's your guys' favorite Beatles song off the top of your head? Yesterday. Mm. Easily. For sure. It's like my... Yeah. The only one that I would consistently listen to. That's so sad. I could not possibly <laughs> choose. Like, I really like Magical Mystery Ride. Okay. Mm. That's one of their, like, newer... I typically, like, we were kind of talking about this earlier. I'm kind of with Chandra, where I like their earlier, like, pop-rocky, like, I want to hold your hand kind of music, and less so they're, like, more experimental, like, mm-hmm. oh, we went to study with a guru. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I mean, I like I like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I, I don't know. Like, I like... I basically like a good hand... Like, a good bunch of their songs from, like, their whole, you know, their whole career, but, and, you know, like, I have some of their records and stuff, but it's just, like, it's also funny because the Beatles are such a successful, like, pillar of music. Um, And very prolific. Prolific. Basically, everybody who knows about, you know, like, all over the world, people know about them. Um, So it's kind of funny. I think it's funny that, like, two of the three of us are, like, I am, like, positive neutral about the Beatles you know like <laughs> yeah, I, I feel yeah. like uh I think for a while there <laughs> even when we talked about like in the early 2000s when they were just like kind of trendy again you had to have like a passionate opinion about them mm-hmm. like either it's like the Beatles are super overrated or it's like the Beatles are the best band that ever existed and I'm like yeah they're good I like them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of fun music yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could choose a favorite song I could probably choose a favorite song on every album but Ooh, if I nice. had to choose a favorite album, I think my favorite album would be Help. Mm. Nice. Do you guys want to talk about the fact that we're about as far away now from Spice World as we were from this movie coming out in the 90s? No, I don't want Yikes. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as far. Not quite as far. We're like 25 years from Spice World <sighs> and I guess a little over. No, yeah. Like whenever somebody days. says 20 years ago, I, I, I don't go back. You're like 1990. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I go back. I go back too far. Or and I'm like, no, yeah. wait, that's. I don't know. Time yeah. is a bit yeah. weird. So weird. It's weird. 
Like, I was telling someone the other day, I just turned 32, but I spent at least half of last year when I was 31 thinking I was 32. And half of the year before, thinking (laughs) when I was 30, I thought I was 31. And I just, I don't understand. For some reason, specifically, like, my entire year of being 31 was basically lost because I was like, I'm 32. Right. And now that I'm actually 32, people are like, how old are you? And I'm like, ah. And then, like, Emily will be like, you're 32. And I'm like, yes. I'm, yes, I'm 32. <laughs> like, the moment I turned 30, I could not figure out how old I was. And, like, I've never had a problem. Um. Okay, wait. First, do we have any final thoughts about Hard Day's <laughs> Night before we stop recording? <laughs> we can continue this, but. <laughs> it was, It listen, it was a hard night's watch for me. I didn't. Uh, you know but like i didn't hate it but i was just kind of like okay all right so we're just gonna we're just gonna all right this is what this is great um but i loved talking about it with chandra who knows a lot more about the beatles this was more and- enjoyable than the movie yes oh. i had a- you're this welcome was nice thank you <laughs> I felt the same. to be fair though uh it wasn't like being forced to watch 1966 batman and hating every second of it First of all, uh, uh, that's, a prob- that's a you problem. Batman is entertaining. It's this- genius. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. You could sing perfect. along to the I would song. say it was not as bad as watching Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. That's fair. Honestly, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> and I love you still. <laughs> but that's why we have all different perspectives. In that case, payback. <laughs> this is payback. Yeah, right? That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Uh, shall we jump from the 60s to the 90s? Yes, Let's do it. time travel here. The year was 1997. <laughs> the place. <laughs> London. The place was the entire world, and the thing sweeping the place it's Spice was Spice Girls Mania. Uh, just to clarify for the listeners, we're doing a little bit of time traveling here. We re- we are recording this second half on an evening, an evening that is the beginning of the weekend. Some people might call it Friday. Uh, <laughs> I think most people would. It's Friday at 8 p.m. <laughs> Miss Friday if you're nasty. <laughs> and one, I'm not going to name names, but one of us is on uh they're not first gin and tonic so um (laughs) if i sound more or less ridiculous hopefully more ridiculous than in the first half (laughs) i don't want to sound less ridiculous when i'm sober anyway the year was 1997 (laughs) the place was the entire world and the thing sweeping the place like i said before was spice girl's Mania. <laughs> Girl power. Wow. Girl power. Wait, we're, we're watching Spice World. The short summary from the interwebs is the movie is called Spice World, starring Spice Girls. And <laughs> in the movie, the Spice Girls zip around London in their luxurious double-decker tour bus, having various oh, adventures and performing for their fans. Oh. Yeah. And it does yeah. actually have slightly more plot than that reveals. It's also hilarious. Like, uh, well, let's let's get into our let's get into our experiences. Or do you mind if I just dive dive right go, in? Go right ahead. Follow this momentum. So I haven't seen this movie since I was yeah eight. No, it must have come out when I was 
Yeah, no, it came out when I was eight years old. Seven-ish. And I saw it at a sleepover, and I remember being nervous because it was like, is it PG-13? That can't be right. No. Anyway, talk about, we like, dicks. Yeah, it's probably PG-13. Okay. Uh-huh. I do. Um, <laughs> There's no way it's PG-13, though. Is it? Yeah, it's like PG, PG dicks, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, it's PG. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Brit, the British, the British children are more mature than <laughs> the American children. But anywho, but no, I watched it at a sleepover, and that that was that. And I have not seen it since then. But I mean, if we're gonna talk about our experience with Spice Girls uh, in a broader sense, I mean, dang, loved loved that group. Uh, I remember dancing, like choreographing. Well, I wasn't choreographing them. Being dragged into doing dances <laughs> with my siblings and our neighborhood kids, knowing all of the words to all of the songs, and oh boy, did the songs come back to me and Shander when we were watching this movie. <laughs> I was like, I haven't listened to this CD in uh, a good decade, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, songs here and there, but like, and then I was like, I know all these words, and honestly, kind of want to like download their albums again and listen to them in the car because they're. They're so good, mm-hmm. especially for a Sarah yeah. who likes smoothie, smooth, jazzy type numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm. Did you say smooth jazz? One of the few genres that I will actively say that I dislike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you like the jazzy number of say no. I think to you're. This. I think that's R and B. That's, <laughs> that's okay. not jazz. Um, oh, we know smooth jazz. Fuck you smooth jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been angry in my whole life. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. I my, love how unhinged this is. My <laughs> experiences are similar to Sarah's. I saw this probably first at a... No, I know I did. I saw it at a sleepover with my friend oh, yeah. Georgie. And she was... I invited over specifically because I wanted her to bring her tape of Spice World over so we could her watch it. Her tape! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Aww. Yeah, so so I saw it there, and I saw it a few times throughout my childhood. And then back in probably, like, 2010, 2011, I watched it again because I know where I was living in 2010 and 2011, and that's where I watched it. And I had a Spice Girls resurgence yeah. then, and I haven't seen it since. Love that you had a resurgence in your life. Yes. And I hope that you have another one. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's going to happen. Um also, we should say who our favorite Spice Girl is because I don't know about you guys, but I obviously have one. Go for it. Mine was Baby Spice um, nice. because I always liked her style and aesthetic. Mine was Scary Spice, although it was often told I was often told that I had to play Sporty Spice because I was a tomboy. <laughs> and you know, I've got nothing against Sporty Spice. She was great, but Scary Spice was my favorite. Mm-hmm. My uh, this was a little bit before my time. I was three okay. three when the movie came out. <laughs> you were not. You're not five years younger than me. Yeah. Are you fine? You're so <laughs> angry. Oh, I'm so angry. See, I'm, I apologize to the listeners that you've probably heard this conversation multiple times, but I legitimately forget how old my friends are. No, like... <laughs> or, in this case, how young they are. This is so weird, because we all met when Chandra and I were interns at the place where Sarah was recently hired, and... Mm-hmm. And recently an intern, so... Yeah, like, and recently an intern, so, like, in my mind, like, I think we... we discussed our ages right when we started but in my mind Chandra is my age and Sarah is one year older than us <laughs> when in reality, uh, that's not accurate <laughs> Andrea, <laughs> Chandra I, and I are the same age 
Sarah is 29. And Chandra and I are 28. God, I wish. Oh my God, that's so funny. I am six months younger than Sarah. And yes. <laughs> Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you. But yeah, so I was, I was little. And I do remember, I think it was probably like when I was like four or five, I would go to Blockbuster. And when I was doing my <laughs> weekly checkout of the movie Space Jam. <laughs> yeah. Talk about another slapping soundtrack. Uh, For real. To this day, slap so hard. They had, they had the, the Spice Girls do? display. And we would pose by it. And I was, I was assigned, I was baby spice because I was oh, the baby of, of the family. And, and you're blonde. I was blonde. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was, looked nothing like baby spice, but I wanted to so bad. Aww. She does have great style. And I, I, the, what we would do is I, I do remember one time my sister giving me the buns, the oh, dang, nice baby thing. spice, uh, double buns there. So that, that's kind of, and I did watch it probably like, I was in grade school and it was like on cable mm-hmm. and it was on and like, cause I had listened to the music cause my sister played it. I was like, yeah, like this is a fun movie, but what a weird movie. What a so weird decision. Weird. <laughs> but it's such a fun, it's like, uh, I, I no offense to future slash in this case past Chandra, but it's like a similar concept to hard days night, except it's fun. to watch. <laughs> but I was thinking weird. about this. I was thinking about this though, because like, all the musical performances in this, for me, were so fun because it was like, oh, it's nostalgic and oh, it's the song that I used to like jam out to, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure that's what the purpose of the ones in the Beatles movie were for. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get as, I mean, and, like, I like the Beatles, I like their music, but like, I just didn't get as excited. Like, you have a nostalgic attachment to this one. Right, right, right. Right. Um, Hard Day's Night, we're actually going to record that after this, and we probably already talked about it, but for me, like, my nostalgia to classic rock is tied to what my dad listened to. My sure. my dad didn't really listen to the Beatles, so like I didn't have as much of a connection to that. And Chandra's like, this is in my heart. Right, right. Well, and also speaking of like nostalgia and stuff, like I, if there's I'm, there's studies out there and I'm a little bit uh, too... Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the part of the brain. It doesn't matter. There's a part of your brain that's like developing basically around the age of like late middle school, early high school. And that's like the music that you're like for the rest of your life like this is this is good music like this is the best mm-hmm. music. like even oh, like so even if you're like boy, objectively the quality of this music disco. isn't great uh-huh. green day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my first cd uh was michelle branch which by the way Ugh. objectively still good does everyone high, high, have high like everywhere on yeah the, so everywhere and like one bad day like if I just pull out that that CD, Spirit Room, <laughs> yes. Spirit Room, so good. Uh, so- everything's better. <laughs> yeah, and that's why like uh, you know boomers are like cranky and they're like music's not as good anymore. I'm like yeah, like we're all biologically mm-hmm. engineered to be like this meant a lot to me <laughs> yeah. in a very like hormonal and biologically developmental mm-hmm. stage. So when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, nah, this is great. Yeah, I'll listen yeah. to Blink-182 on my way home from work at the age of oh, 32. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is yeah. cool. <laughs> my sister and I Absolutely. have a playlist that's literally just called Nostalgia. That's great. Oh, man. Um, here is our, an adapted summary from IMDb, which I thought was pretty good. So as the movie opens, the Spice Girls are enjoying their fame but become dissat- dissatisfied with the burdens of it. This is This is my favorite sentence. This is straight from IMDb. Thank you for writing this IMDb. The sinister owner of a newspaper 
Kevin McMaxford. <laughs> I just love it. Is trying to ruin the reputation in order to cash in on the headlines. And even dispatches a photographer to take pictures and tape recordings of the girls. Less threatening but more annoying is the film director who, with his floop, floop from Spy Kids. Floop! Floop! Friggin' floop! <laughs> floop! Who, from, uh, from Spy Kids, from a previous episode. Yes. Back-to-back appearances by Mr. Floop. Well done, sir. Floop is a madman. Help us save us. <laughs> um, who, with his crew, stalks the band, hoping to use them as documentary subjects. And at the same time, the girls' manager, Clifford, who is Richard Grant, by the way, I guess, like, this is actually kind of star-studded, considering the quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality is tough. Roger Moore is in it. Um, apparently Roger Meat Moore! Is, apparently Meatloaf is in it, but I did not see him. I didn't either. Uh, Maybe he played, like, Ginger Spice in Disguise or something. Also, second Meatloaf appearance on the podcast. Really? Right. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. From Rocky Horror. Um... So uh, Clifford is fending off two overeager Hollywood writers who relentlessly pitched absurd plots for a Spice Girls feature film. The meta mm-hmm. eating the meta uh, going on in this movie is is really a lot to take in so, at some points. Why don't we talk about this in in like classes about postmodernism? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, should we say uh, twenty minutes into this recording who the Spice Girls are in case someone doesn't know? Um, I feel like we kind of covered their girl band. Both same of all. So we have, we have Baby Spice, Scary Spice, Ginger Spice, Posh Spice, and Sporty Spice. Mm -hmm. Couple of things. Shandra and I, as we watched this movie, realized that the two Mel's, which are Scary Spice and Sporty Spice, really, as Shandra said, vocally carry the group. (laughs) 100. Um, Mel C. Apparently. Like, as I'm older, she's my favorite. She has the best voice. No, she has the best voice, yeah. Yeah, Sporty Spice has the, like, same vocal quality as, like, think of, like, Amy Winehouse, like, mm-hmm. early Amy Winehouse, like, that kind of, like, husky, mm-hmm. but, like, very strong, ugh, very good stuff. And what apparently, was- they didn't nickname themselves some journalist, some goofy magazine, pop magazine, came up with those nicknames arbitrarily, and they were all like, yeah, we like these. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's apparently mostly American to call them by not their actual names. Yeah. I pointed out to Sarah while we were watching this, in between singing, because Sarah and I were on a bit a phone call singing to each other most of the time. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, I'm so sorry we didn't record the full track for you guys. It's interesting, and like you don't see this in a lot of, especially modern day, like boy and girl groups, especially in K-pop. But each one has their distinctive styles, and non, none of them are like matching like a color scheme or anything. They're their own people, which I think is really interesting concept for a band group. I think it really it's it was their thing, but like it really emphasizes the visual component of the group. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and to me, if you're going to have a group, you have to have it, and that's why it's worth making a Spice World movie, and that's why. Like, the best concert I ever went to was the Backstreet Boys concert I went to, not just because the Backstreet Boys slap to this day. Still got it, by the way. They're still dancing. Like, Kevin's, like, 50, and the guy's going. But, (laughs) like, yeah, there's, like, this dance number. They all have their outfit. They all have a particular, like, way they wear their outfit. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, everybody loved the Spice Girls, because when when you listen to them, you also had this visual component to it and then mm-hmm. so like, i think that making a movie with the spice girls was just like a was genius because 
so much of what makes us love the Spice Girls is their personas, is the fashion, is mm-hmm. the hair, the, and just watching their performances. So I'm like, yeah. I love watching the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the only time I really truly get hype about sports. But <laughs> when the Olympics were in London, uh, the thing I feel like most people cared about, like, and we're talking about was like, those Spice Girls are reuniting. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when that happened. I was in a hotel in Georgia because it was my cousin was getting married during the Olympics. How dare. Rude. Rude. And I was like, we need to be back from the rehearsal dinner by this time because the London Olympics are opening and I need to see the Spice Girls. (laughs) (laughs) It was like not messing around. Boy bands and girl bands, like the Spice Girls, were like the thing. Like, like, pop culture juggernaut and then everyone kind of decided that they were corny mm-hmm. and you know you know why they decided i'll why? give you one guess toxic masculinity yes basically <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah it was Always. teenage girls that were into it so guess it's cool to be a sports be... fanboy, but if you're a yeah. girl who loves a band you're so pathetic yeah it's it's yeah Anything that's directed to work. We could go on to a whole tangent about that. Um, but So throughout their busy schedule, the girls keep asking Clifford for time to spend with Nicola, who is uh, due to give birth soon and relax. And she's also um, Toshiko from Do- uh, Doctor Who and Torchwood. There you go. Uh, but he refuses. Surprise, surprise. Uh, mainly because his own boss, the cryptic chief, James Roger Bond, <laughs> <laughs> won't allow it. And the stress and overwork really compound, accumulating in a huge argument with Clifford and among the bandmates. The girls storm out, refusing to play at Albert Hall. Wait, so this is, you just did the whole movie? <laughs> no, that's, well, like, that's, that's kind of like, yeah, so it's, the summary is kind of like, here's all the different <laughs> tensions, and then here's the climax, uh-huh. and there's still two paragraphs of plot left, but, like, up to this point, there are performances. Mm-hmm. So. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. And different, like press junket things like and they have yeah. to attend a party and yes mm-hmm. and they go from place to place on their bus which i feel like we should talk about for a while definitely always wanted to tour an entire city in one of those buses which i'm sure you guys did when you were in europe but i have not done yet no i did not we walked mostly but i want to go on that bus which has the like magical expanding uh, properties of like each, <laughs> the like, night bus they, they each had like their own little room in the bus like it yeah. was so rad <laughs> do you think that was the influence for the night bus yeah i think jk rowling was sitting at home watching spice world unknowingly a bigot at the time we didn't know um <laughs> but, but say like they're not doing feminism right i'll show them how <laughs> yeah uh the worst yeah no the bus is Awesome. Do you have anything in particular you wanted to say about it, Chandra? Uh, I like that they have their own spaces. I think that's really important for a group of girls that are touring together and they're all in that small space and they each have their own little area that represents them that they can decorate and do as they please. You know what that just reminded me of, though? What? Do you remember the TV show Trading Spaces? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Where they would, you know, you'd swap with your neighbors and like redesign part of their house. But then do you remember the kids version of the show? No. I think I saw a couple episodes of it, yeah. Whew. Guys, there was a kid's version of the show. And even as a kid, I was like, I don't know if this is a great idea. Because they'd be <laughs> like, do you, what's something that you like? And they're like, oh, well, 
I kind of like playing soccer. And they're like, great. Your bed is now a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. All of your limbs look like soccer <laughs> balls. You're Instead of a carpet, you have AstroTurf. Everything was like based on this one thing that this kid's like, I don't know. I think I like horses. So like, <laughs> it's just like but, yeah, no, I absolutely that. wild. Like, I'm like, they're going to outgrow There's that a carousel of horses in your bedroom now. Yes. Did, did that ever happen to you, though? Like, as a kid, like, I like was like, oh, I like Winnie the Pooh. And then all of a sudden, for the next three years, all I got was Winnie the Pooh merch. No, yeah. yeah. And then... Like, that's such a thing that you do. To, and, like, and I have to be careful not to do it to my nieces and nephews. Because as yeah. soon as they're like, I like this one thing, I'm like, uh-huh. well, then every everyone in our family will get them. Like, my nephew right now loves tractors. And mm-hmm. for Christmas, he got a million tractor-themed things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. I remember when we were little, we are like, uh, well, I guess Dad likes golf, so we'll get him <laughs> everything golf-related forever. <laughs> Yep. It used to just be like, Dad asked for socks, so I guess he's getting socks. <laughs> <laughs> My mom would also, she was easy because she was a nerd, but she also, what she wanted was work. My mom's love language is 100% acts of service. So she'd uh-huh. be like, why don't you guys, like, replant this whole garden? And we'd be like, we would rather buy you some lotion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we would rather die. This is supposed to be a Spice Girls podcast. Okay. Well, I mean, because it's not like a ton that's happening. Right. There's some it's good for us to go on our tangents. But anything else like you want to say about like like their bus adventures or anything like that? I mean, they're just like some fun running comedy bits. Oh, Meatloaf is the bus driver. What? Meatloaf is the bus driver. I guess I just don't I think I could pull put like point Meatloaf out in a crowd. I don't think he was acting very meatloafy. Well, now you certainly couldn't. <laughs> oh, no. oh my gosh sorry what the irreverence i'm sorry um, okay yes i also love out of a crowd anyway um but like kind of after at this point the movie shifts to like the bandmates thinking back on their humble beginnings and their struggle to get to the top and like how uh they were strengthened through friendship and they reconcile and they decide to take their friend out dancing, but she does go into labor at the nightclub and is rushed to the hospital in the tour bus. And the band stay in the hospital and provide her with support, refusing to perform until after she's given birth. First of all, they took their preg- very heavily pregnant friend to a club yes. and then abandoned her. Yeah. Right. She's past due. I, I would not go to a club. That's her, okay. So they're they're at the club. They're like, we're gonna have such a good time. And she's like, yeah, this is the last time we're gonna be able to party for a while. And they're like, great. And then they leave her on the balcony and go like down the stairs to dance. And I'm like, Andrea, at this point, even how, how do you feel about going? Okay, out, so uh, I am at 34 weeks, and a normal <laughs> pregnancy goes to 40. I sleep all the time. <laughs> I have back problems. I always have heartburn. <laughs> oh. And you're also pregnant. No, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah, my center of gravity's <laughs> off. Every time I get up, I go, <laughs> When we wake up in the morning, I make Jared pull me out of bed. Aww. I'm not dancing right now. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> look at this. Like, this is not. Oh, you look so cute, though. This is not how it works. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I was just like, this is so ridiculous. And also, you are so stressed out and so like focused on what you you know you're like the birth blah blah blah, that you want like one person there with you or all of the spice girls and even your parents 
and your in-laws need to wait like an hour or two after said terrible mm-hmm. labor so that you can recover with your partner if you happen to be, you know, taking the journey on with a partner. And mm-hmm. I love you two so much. <laughs> and But like if both of you and like a few like and three other friends were like, we're not leaving until you give birth. I'd be like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, fair. But what if we were making quips and charming British accents? Exactly. I'm like, I'd be like, I'm going to get... I'll slap all or of Or looking you. on in but horror, also, a la Victoria. You, yeah, I've told Jared, I'm like, I'm not responsible for any disgusting and mean thing I say to you. Like, <laughs> And he's like, understandable. Wait, what, are you sure you wouldn't want baby spice? Because she's kind of a <laughs> she's professional. Got, obviously, she has the credentials. She's, yeah, she's baby spice. <laughs> But no, like the whole time when she's like, yeah, at the club, I'm like, why are you? I like, I'm thinking of the weeks when I'm at 39 to 40 and I'm like, I'm planning nothing. Right. Yeah. We're, uh, listeners, just so you know, we're like front loading this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're recording like four episodes. And two, we're I'm not even going to episodes. We're watching four movies this weekend and recording two episodes <laughs> so that we can edit them and like parse them out while uh, so Andrea can basically take podcast maternity leave. <laughs> she will be getting the full amount of pay that she currently gets, which is $0. $0.00. I feel like Chandra and I... I, I don't want to speak for you, Shander, but I feel like we're the type of people who would rarely ever want to go to a club. Right. But, like, I'm not even willing to get on a Zoom call. <laughs> Sarah probably likes the club. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's been a minute. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sarah, you like to go to the saloon. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have clubs out here. Um, I, yeah, I've definitely had some fun uh, drunk dancing with strangers at clubs, but, you know. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I, I we're kind of past talking about the bus a little bit, but I do like that there was a running bit where their manager would make announcements over the bus intercom, like, please do not store things like facial cream in the refrigerator where they can be mistaken for mayonnaise. <laughs> that kind of thing. Just like, dumb little jokes like that. And I... I don't know if we've passed it up already or not. I think there's a part there's a part where they, like, are driving the tour bus and the toilets are messed up so they have to go pee in the woods. Mm-hmm. And what should our little eyes should appear but... A frigging actual spaceship. I was going to say, we do have to talk about the aliens. You guys, I, Shandra could back me up here. I screamed. <laughs> I screamed aloud. Because I thought it was going to be, you know, like, again, I, didn't, I haven't seen this movie since I was like a little kid. I thought it was going to be like, oh, there's a bright light and they think it's a spaceship, but it's like a helicopter or something, you know, whatever. But no, it's an actual legit UFO. And these squishy faced large aliens come out. And they are like, oh my god, are you the Spice Girls? Uh, and they're, like, they can understand alien the alien language. language. Yeah, which is hilarious. Um, and they're like, oh, can we get tickets to your show? And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, they're sold out. And they're like, no, we should have booked ahead of time. And then the one guy asked for an autograph, and she asks what his name is. And he's like, it's... And she's like, is that three R's or four? Three K's. <laughs> so, it's okay. yeah, is that three K's or four? And like, they're just like, it's just, I love... I had such a good time watching this movie because they knew, like, they just leaned into, like, full, campy, absurd, so goofy, not a moment of it taken seriously, but also played straight. Mm-hmm. They Nobody was phoning it in. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. seemed to be having a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so delightful to watch. And, <laughs> and just, I think it's... Like, it, honestly, like, I was laughing. Like, the jokes were pretty rapid fire. Well, it's... Yeah, and it's... Like, it's easy to laugh at and, like, poke fun 
at like the absurdity of it, but like the amount of talent it takes to play that straight. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. they mm-hmm. are performers, they're actors. Like when I think of like if somebody was like, okay, I want you, Sarah and Chandra, to go do the scene with these people in these costumes as aliens saying these things, I think we would all get church, church giggles. giggles. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we, we have can't even deal that we can't keep it together. We would lose it. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, it was just so funny. I think I probably laughed more at it now than I did when I was a kid. I think I got more of the jokes because yeah. some of them were a little a little risque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of similarities in influences from in Spice World that there are in Hard Day's Night. Like they have like similar converse like mm-hmm. not conversations but like the band talking like themselves and then going on to do like performances, uh similar messages of what it's like to actually be famous. Like, cause there's that mm-hmm. scene where, mm-hmm. uh, one of the state, one of their managers is like, "Oh, I, I would much rather have this job than be the like the girls that are famous, you know, and stuff like that." So, like, having a social commentary about what it's like to be a famous band member, um, and then the mm-hmm. press like having to answer stupid questions, and you know, like stuff yep. like that, like that scene with the in the press where. They're like, we're going on a world tour. So then um, Jerry says something in Spanish and he's like, oh, it's French. And then Emma says something in Japanese and he's like, Portuguese. And they're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I yes. think, I mean, I will. And then like giving their managers a hard time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Giving managers okay. a hard time. Just wanting some freedom not to be packed and booked all day long. So. And again, emphasizing the difference of being a female yeah celebrity yeah uh-huh. uh, with going back to the alien per- female presenting he, is what i should say yes. like with the alien where he just mm-hmm. grabs her boob like yeah like i always think of britney spears song piece of me <laughs> <laughs> nice pure art what about lucky yeah. oh lucky. obviously lucky's also art <laughs> but like honestly it- lucky is heartbreaking mm-hmm legitimately knowing yeah. what Britney Spears' life has been. Right. Yeah. Horrifying. Same with Peace of Me. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though it's like a, a kind of revenge aspect of it, of like, mm-hmm. you know, waking up and having somebody say you're too fat one day and too skinny the next day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <sighs> these poor women. Yep. The way, yeah. like, I mean, we, we've talked a lot too, I think, on this podcast about like a lot of our favorite childhood stars and then people will be like, oh, you know how, like, that childhood stardom, like, you know, they, they get messed up because of the fame. And I'm like, it's, it's, but they, and they make it sound like it's their fault. Right. When right. It's not. <laughs> and I'm like, um, it's your fault. <laughs> like, yeah. That they You're are like, this actively way. actively built them up, overexposed them, and then used that to tear them down. Like, yeah. Like, poor Drew Barrymore. That poor woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's doing great now. Mm-hmm. Lovely yeah, to see. Absolutely. Good for her, star of Ever After, one of the Ugh. finest. Have you guys watched Yellow Jackets? I need to watch it so much because everyone loves it. It's got Melanie Linsky I'm in it. Though. Yeah, Melanie that's what Linsky. I mean. The Ever After connection with Mel- Melanie. <laughs> I was about to say friend of the pod. I fucking wish. Uh, <laughs> Melanie, we love you. Favorite, favorite of the pod, Melanie Linsky. We should make a top five list of people that the, the Spinsters want to interview. This should be our Number next clash is- we bring up like. Who has appeared the most? Yeah. Apparently, guy who plays Floop is in the running now. <laughs> um, but what was I gonna say? Yeah, like the fame. Yeah, the the feminism commentaries 
interesting and but in like a fun poppy way it's not super heavy-handed or anything like that and like the feminist wave of the late 90s early 2000s obviously was not without its flaws but i think that having being at such a formative age and having like girl power being like something that was like mainstream popular Mm -hmm. is like a pretty cool thing that wasn't Mm -hmm. super accessible like before or even like i mean you know what i mean yeah Right. Agreed. Because, like, I, the pink feminism, like you said, there's ways, it's problematic in a lot of ways. Not yeah. in what it is, but in what it kind of, like, excludes. Lacks. Yes. Yeah, right? It's, like, Absolutely. not super racially inclusive or intersectional or, like... Yeah, exactly. Uh, gender, yeah. But for white. me, selfishly with my privilege, like, that is what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the girly but also kick-ass girl. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, visually, like, Mm -hmm. uh, looked like me in a way. I don't want (laughs) to... It feels bold, but (laughs) as far as... I think you're just as beautiful as Baby Spice. (laughs) Yeah, like, well, I'm thinking of, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar was, like, the face of pink feminism, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like, because this movie came out the same year that Buffy premiered. Exactly, yeah. And so, like... You can be tough and also pretty, and you're like, wait, but that's more things that I have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah, that's great, because that's, like, what I want to do without, you know, it took until much later for me to acknowledge that it was like, yeah, that's good, but it's excluding things. But, Mm -hmm, yeah, that was, I think, it helped me. I wish it could have helped more people. Yeah. And, I mean, like, while it's all great and everything, I feel like we do need to point out that Jerry has a, like, a kind of, like, a minor plot line where she's always trying to explain, like, things that she's, like, learned or read in books and the other girls just kind of, like, roll their eyes, like, oh, here she goes again, trying to, you know, act smart and everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, when really, like, it's just another aspect of women can be smart, too, and pretty, and talented mm-hmm. singers, too. And not, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but. No, like, it's hard to explain. I think a lot of our listeners get it because yeah. they're like us. <laughs> but, like, when I think yeah. of, like, my nieces, like, when I'm, like, and it was so cool because this woman was, you know, the one taking the lead in this blah, blah, blah. Whereas, like, my niece, like, one of her first movies was Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Like, and, you know, I didn't get that. So, like, it's just, they'll right. be like, what do you mean? And I'm like, isn't it so cool? Like, I remember um, my niece had just saw the new Ghostbusters where everyone is a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And my mom had the old Ghostbusters on while we were like cooking something. And my niece was just like, why is everyone a guy? That's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it took society until like last year to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. yeah, Claire, you're right. Yeah. We're working on it. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That reminded me. I don't, I don't believe that Melcy is actually a lesbian and there's uh, we could go into the whole problematic thing of being like, traditionally masculine traits mean you're gay because that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. however, however. <laughs> there's a part in the movie where there someone's asking like someone's interviewing them like so what is what how do you feel about like dating men and then she's like men hmm doesn't ring a bell and i was like i bet it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> doesn't ring your bell does it and also ginger spice is like talking about feminism and girl power and everything they're like what about you ginger spice do you like girls or do you like boys? Mm-hmm. Like heavily implying mm. that because she's a feminist, she's not into guys. Uh, which not straight. All of my friends are queer. <laughs> You're welcome. And they're like, 
the funnest people in the world. And I'm like, I guess we are. Aww. We're just boring. So, like, if, if a character shows, like, hey, this person's interesting, it's like they must be gay. <laughs> we, we could take <laughs> well, out that whole I think you're interesting, even though you're one of those. Well, TikTok does think I'm bisexual. And to the point where I keep asking Jared. And he's like, only you can know that. And I'm like, but, like. <laughs> I so, you. the next morning, um. After their gig, uh, their friend finally gives birth to a girl, and as they're leaving the hospital, they bump into a doctor. But when Emma notices that he, that he has a camera, the girls realize the doctor is the photographer who's been stalking them in disguise. The Can ph- we talk about... Go ahead. <laughs> this man. Because I don't know if I was pouring myself a drink or something when they introduced <laughs> him as a concept in the movie, but suddenly there's just this man popping out of random, hilarious, and or disgusting places to hide. Like, the worst one was obviously when he crawled out of the toilet. <laughs> And I was like, what is he, you know, you know what vibe he had, but like the funny version of, you know, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, there's the, the like guy who's like posing as the competitor and he keeps creeping yep, up to all yep. these children Same and being vibe. like, give me your everlasting gobstopper. And you're like, oh, fuck, this guy's real creepy. Slugworth, I want to say. Yeah. It's, since I've seen that it's like the name. Anyway, he's got that vibe. <laughs> but like, then, yeah. And then this is the guy that they catch at the end. But I'm like, who, what was this? What was this? I think he was with the he was with the the newspaper people, right? Oh, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang newspaper. Yeah, man. yeah. Oh, yeah, Andrea. Gotcha. I forgot to tell you about that. <laughs> Go on. The the guy that owns the the tabloid that's trying to break up the Spice Girls. He reminds me of the guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The uh, the king guy. The mm, yep. you're my little little face. And I can't. I can't. My <laughs> nephew went through a chitty chitty bang bang phase, and it did. He? I don't. He picked up on the weirdest movies, by the way. <laughs> um, I went through a chitty chitty bang bang phase as a child, so yeah. But this was in that. like 2017, <laughs> and he was like, I'm "Sorry, how old do you think I was when chitty chitty bang bang came out?" Because the answer is not born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, like. Not like most kids were like, let's watch Frozen, and he's like, let's watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and I was like, Chitty Bang Bang, toot, sweets, toot, sweets. Um, doll in a music box is a classic forever. You eat, yeah, that was my oh, favorite yeah. one. I always wanted to like look like Truly. She was a fashion Too icon. Yeah, that's a good dog name. Shander, consider that for your cat if you get a female cat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sing truly scrumptious to them all the time. Yeah, that nice. would be a problem. But just to be clear, you will have a weird song that you associate with your dog or cat's name always. Like, oh. with Hero, I call him Jojo. <laughs> oh. Jared and I will sing, like, when we're supposed to be, like, leaving with him, we'll be like, go, 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 Joes, if you know what they said. <laughs> and it's Joe's, like, there's no reason. There's no reason that having a dog named Hero should bring that song into my mind, but it does. So I freaking love it. Might as well be truly scrumptious. Yes. Well, Pippin's theme song doesn't have anything to do with her name, but it has to do with how she'll like creep into a room and we'll just sing, oh, here she goes. <laughs> <laughs> and one of, my, one of my most delightful moments recently was when I had uh, people over for a game night and... Um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't realize how, like, much, how often me and my roommate did that. And then, like, when she, like, came into the room, like, all of my friends were like, oh. <laughs> She's a peep creeper. Allie used to make fun of me for saying, oh, big stretch. Whenever Daz would stretch. You have to. Sorry, are you going to not comment on oh. your cat stretching like a sociopath? No, you always have to do it. 
All oh right. My God. So, wow. Um, Andrea texted us halfway through watching this and was like, be sure you tell us or be for sure you have a yeah. favorite hairstyle and favorite outfit ready. And Sarah and I have a matching out. We, we both have the same outfit. And it's because okay, we which have one is it? Similar, similar, I can't, similar styles similar? that we find attractive. You killed it. <laughs> Thank <Nice>. you. <laughs> Oh, here she got. Oh, here, oh, here she, she comes. comes. <laughs> Did you see her? <laughs> I loved the blue plaid diagonal baby spice number. Mm. Ooh, okay, I don't Hold remember on. that one. What that? When was she wearing? Yeah, it? it was in the middle somewhere, and I like it was for like one scene. But I was like, oh, I think I saw that in Target the other day <laughs> because this is coming back. Like all, like honestly, Gen Z could probably watch this and be like, oh, like was this made? This like, year? And I'm yeah. like, no, y'all just stealing yeah. our bad styles. Yeah. You're going to regret it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have fun showing your midriff all the time to everyone. And I don't say that as a prudish thing. I say that as, honestly, wait, hold on. I'm hot all the time. So maybe that would be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am disgusted that anybody is considering allowing low-rise dream- jeans to be made again. Yeah. Like, I simply refuse. <laughs> it's disgusting. But the midriffs we were showing were, yeah, like, I mean, pubic bone was almost there, right? Right. Whereas now the midriff is like the most flattering part of the waist. It's Mm -hmm. like kind of just under your bust. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like the, yeah, like as somebody who I have a very, I I have what you call a bubble butt. (laughs) And when I was growing up buying pants, when low rise jeans were what was in style was a nightmare. (sighs) You know how much I had to fight to keep my butt crack from showing? Me too. A lot? Yeah. Thank God that chunky belts were also in stock. You had to get that chunky belt and you had to buy a size up and jack it up. Try mm-hmm. not to get camel toe. A constant wedgie battle. And then you'd sit down and because all of the girl pants had giant like rhinestones and buckles on it. You'd sit down at school and it would be like... <laughs> yeah, that like of like a, ry- a fake rhinestone against like a plastic school jerk. And you're just pulling your shirt down no in the wonder, back every time you sit down. No wonder we all had our sweatshirts wrapped around our waist. Yeah. Seriously, though. We now, were fighting uh, for our lives. If I go back, I could go back. And, if you could go back in time, I've got a great hack for you. And it's to not be comfortable with your body because you're a tiny queer person and don't understand what's going on. And just wear your brother's hand-me-down jeans. And... Uh, <laughs> I was, I tried wearing, because it was also in style when I was probably like in eighth grade to wear boys cargo shorts. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I was, I tried to do that. But but they don't make boy pants for people with butts like mine, which makes you feel bad for Mm -hmm. boys with bubble butts. Mm -hmm. True. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Oh, wait, wait. But Shannon never said what our favorite outfit was. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. Okay. In that last scene, which we're not quite there at the last scene. But I'm going to say their, their, their concert outfit, Scary's concert outfit. It's like, I can't even remember now, Maybe. boy shorts and like a crop yep. top, like a. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's basically like a, like a bra. Yeah. I mean, essentially. And then it just had like uh-huh. a long duster jacket. And I think uh-huh. it might have been zebra print, but whatever it was. I loved it. Yeah, no, that was fire. Was and amazing. Her, like, it was true. Her, I was like, her space bun <sighs> things. It was very Xenon yeah. of her. And I appreciated that. It was d- like an, a, a distractingly amazing outfit. Like I was saying to Chandra, I'm like, this is like peak 90s hotness. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you can't get an outfit that's much more 90s, but like she is pulling it off 
I'm Googling it right now because so I want to well. see it again. See, here's it's the amazing. thing. Like, I love that outfit and that is my standout outfit. But I like, I still like Baby Spice's vibe better. Like, that would be, if I were, yeah. if I wanted to dress myself, no limits after the whole body conversation. No limits about bodies or anything. I would want to wear totally. Baby Spice's wardrobe. Yeah. Amazing. I, I love it, too. I mean, Sporty Spices looks the comfiest, but if I could pull off Scary Spices, I would. What was everybody... What was... what was Which song gave you the biggest nostalgia slap of this movie? Spice Up Your Life. Of course. Nice. We were, we were screaming that one, Sarah. Yes, we were. I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. The stop right now. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Was just like... I remember, like, dancing with my siblings in my basement to that song. Yes, of course. That beautiful choreography <laughs> that Chandra is demonstrating for us right now. Holding out your hand. As if to tell someone to stop right now. Yeah, like, Wannabe Mm -hmm. is, like, probably the most classic one for me. But watching them in that final number do Spice Up Your Life was, like... Mm -hmm. So fun. I can't believe I haven't talked about Richard Grant's goatee yet. I can't believe you haven't Which one's Richard Grant? Their manager. Also, the lady at the back is also from Doctor Who. Her name is Ida Scott. (laughs) I love watching British stuff because it's always like, ah, yes... They were in Doctor Who. Who, who. You know what I mean? This all started by Sarah talking about the vibe of the photographer. So let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> the photographer. Okay, so everybody remember back about 20 minutes. So the photographer runs off um, with the girls in pursuit, um, only to hit his head on the wall after colliding with an empty stretcher. And when he okay. sees the girl standing over him, he tells them that they've made him see <laughs> his error. This is where it gets really meta. And he goes after the owner of the newspaper. After noticing their bus driver is missing, who apparently is Meatloaf, uh, <laughs> Victoria decides to drive herself. So it becomes a race against time as she drives like a maniac to get to Albert Hall. The bus drives by Buckingham Palace. The girls wave to the royal family. Victoria puts her foot down <laughs> on the gas pedal when Tower Bridge starts to go up and let a boat through. And they land safely on the other side. But when Emma opens a trapdoor in the floor, she discovers a bomb. And then it ends with Spice Up Your Life. We should just we should explain that a lot of these weird non sequitur a lot of these bizarre moments are because while in the universe of the movie the Spice Girls are just you know spicing up their lives and then also there's this newspaper and this paparazzi guy following them and also there's this documentarian following them also as mentioned before there are these two dudes trying to pitch a movie about them so some of the scenes in the movie are actually in the imagination of the guy pitching the movie including this moment where they're like racing to the state theoretically in reality they're just driving from the hospital where their friend just had a baby to the stadium and they're like trying not to be late but then this action-packed scene that andrea just described is this guy like pitching the movie and he's like and then they open the door and there's a bomb the guy's like we don't need a bomb that's like over the top or whatever and they're like oh he's like okay fine then they get to the show and then they like actually get to the show yeah uh, but it's it's a good time. An absolutely chaotic movie. <laughs> My favorite scene, and also the only one I really remember, is Posh driving the car across Tower Bridge, and it turning into like a like a toy version of Tower Bridge and their bus going over the <laughs> yeah. jump. Hilarious. I also think it's funny that like the royal family is very restrictive about their image. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also racist and awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. like, like for instance, I know that like when before Meghan Markle was like, "Peace, I'm out. You all are the worst." 
Like, she couldn't, like, have certain kinds of nail polish. She couldn't have skirts that were a certain length, right? Like, it's very strict. But they're, like, the royal family is, like, super tight with the Beckhams. I I mean, like, literally Victoria made this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I find it confusing. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole concept of the royal family is wild, man. (laughs) I can't believe it. Truly think Any of Charles, our British listeners, please weigh in. I, I think Charles becoming king is going to do it in. Because everyone on planet Earth hates him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The fact that everyone loves Diana. Yeah, it's because everybody loves Diana and he was absolute garbage to her. Mm-hmm. But I did get to the end of the summary and I would like to congratulate myself. <laughs> Congrats. It only took us an hour. You did a great job. It minutes. also ends, it ends with this concert with Scary Spice's fantastic outfit. They all look great. And they do a great job performing spice up your life Mm -hmm. what a jam it ends the credits start rolling and they're like on the set of this movie that's going to be made about them and then they like find a camera and look at it and start like talking to it as if they're talking to the people in the movie theater posh spice is like oh i love your dress and then they're like oh look at those two snogging in the back goofing around and then they're like oh wait a second what happened to the bomb and then there's just like an explosion (laughs) off screen and they're like oh no and that's how the movie ends Again, absolute goofy chaos, and I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> absolute absurdity. You know, I I'll just say everybody go listen to some Spice Girls music because it's, it's it's a great. good time. It's, it's It'll put gonna, you in a good mood. It's gonna happen tomorrow, guys. I will be listening to Spice Girls. We will be spicing up our lives now. I kind of want to like like uh, put on an outfit. Like I want to I want to style myself. <laughs> Spice Girlsy. <laughs> I just Which saw one, on TikTok though? someone was doing like a obviously xenon inspired clothing line and i was like i could get behind that i would get behind it i i would do xenon was, girl of the 21st century mm-hmm. yeah which by the way we gotta do that with like gravity or something mm, that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> yes except i don't want to watch gravity all right recommendations let's say that you are the manager of a pop group that's about to make it big and you're having trouble wrangling them to you know perform and be places on time and all that stuff and they're like you know what fine we'll hang out in this room instead of going on some cross city adventure and possibly getting lost and not making it to our concert in time but we want something to entertain us and we're very impatient so please recommend either hard day's night or spice world spice world <laughs> oh spice world so very hard much day's so. night <laughs> Ooh, okay all right i think it's been a while since we've had disagreement yeah yeah, we've had a lot of unanimous stuff going on. If you would like to leave a review of our <laughs> podcast, we would love that. Uh, maybe a really good one, like five stars or maximum points possible on any rating platform you have. Obviously, Give us a star for every Spice Girl. Uh, exactly, a star for five every spices, Spice Girl. if you will. Yeah, <laughs> um, five spice, delicious. Unless, like, the option is eleven stars, and then you need <laughs> that would be sad. I'd be sad about five then. Yeah, then maybe a bit more. Anyway, but we are also fine, you know, just having your engagement. And if you let us know you uh, left us a review, we'll send you a sticker. And we'll also just send you a sticker if you want one. Yeah, let us know. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Clashy Spinsters. You can also send us an email at ClashyPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, my God. I know you say that every episode, but for some reason when you said it this time, my brain automatically filled in. You can find Arthur books and lots of other books, too, at your local local library. Maybe it's the fact that I don't change what I say, that it just kind of, like, it got repetitive, and now I don't have well, to think I about love it. it. 
I like it. What a moment. It makes me feel like a professional podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. Yeah. Cue up some fun jams. Have a good time. Uh, And in the meantime, stay clashy. Bye. Bye. It's there's a whole series, then it goes the reply 1990. Oh crap, it's three o'clock. Hold on, I gotta stop my uh vacuum. <laughs> Alfie, you got your, we don't have time sorry, for this. <laughs> your Roomba, yeah. Alfie, get back here. <laughs> Shandra's chasing around her Roomba. Oh, she caught it. Okay, I'm and back. we're back.